on the podcast today. I'm joined by Rawdon. How are you? Yeah, doing really good, thank you. Very good. Wicked. So I think it's fair to say, you know, you're an up-and-coming DJ and music producer. You know, you've done unbelievably well in a very short space of time. You know, what's it been? About a oh, year? thank you so much. That's thank right. you. I do really appreciate that. What's it been? About a year, year and a half, something like that? Yeah, so I mean, I first started uh, doing DJing probably two and a half, no, maybe like three years ago, I'd say actually now. Um, got my first set of decks, just little starter ones. And um, it was quite, it took a while almost to like get going. I just like, really, it takes a while to just get used to it, sort of um, learn how to do it and become comfortable. Like it can be a slow learning curve. So it took a while to sort of get used to it. Um, and then um, I guess it's really been in the last um six to nine months that I've been um, sort of pushing it more. So before that, maybe maybe a year, I guess lockdown sort of made me push it a little bit more. But um, yeah, in it was before that, I wasn't really taking it too seriously. Um, and then it was just sort of when I, when I got into lockdown and stuff, I had a bit more time on my hands. And I was just thinking, what, what, you know, what do I want to be doing more of? And I love all the music stuff. So um, yeah, I started to I started to do it a lot more often and then decided I'd start putting out some mixes on you know TikTok and Instagram and stuff and um, I guess you just got to really be consistent with it and um, yeah I mean now it seems to be picking up a little bit of momentum so yeah well I've done the maths um, you've got over half a million views on Instagram the hundreds of thousands of streams on Spotify and SoundCloud and you've been played on the BBC as well I've seen are you sort of shocked by the success and support that you've had in sort of those nine months Mate, that's that's sick to hear. I'm not. I didn't even know that myself. <laughs> that's that cool to hear. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess like um, really. So I I actually work um, with a for I, I'm developing up an app as well on the side, um, which is basically called Zebra. And the whole concept of it, in a basic idea, is that um, it gets artists like myself, upcoming sort of artists, it gets their music exposure by getting it featured into like influencers content and stuff. So from that side of things, I've been sort of, um, I've been observing a lot of TikTok, Instagram, all that sort of stuff. And I think that was what really inspired me to start posting more because I saw people blowing up all the time on these platforms. And that the really, all you have to do is just be consistent and just be putting out, you know, good content. So I thought I might as well just give it a go myself. And yeah, but I have been definitely surprised about how, you know, how much it, how yeah how many sort of people it's been reached out to but it's always there's a period at the start like there must have been a good few months at the start where like you know it not much was going on like especially on tiktok and stuff getting like 200 views just consistently or whatever and um it's just like you have to you have to push through that even when it feels like it's not going to go anywhere and um now i'm hoping to just really keep accelerating it um from here up i guess so what would you say the secret is to grow in that big, just consistency and putting out good content? So, I mean, yeah, I think I've actually managed between like sort of the business side of things that I'm doing and then obviously my own music stuff. I think it's helped me to get like a pretty decent understanding of, of what you need to do. And I think a lot of people overcomplicate it. I really don't think it's actually as hard as it seems. And I think that you can actually blow up in pretty much any niche. I mean, you get some people on TikTok that are like pool cleaners or like, you know they drive their little like remote control car or something and they've got two million followers because they're just basically as i say consistent so yeah i think what you need to do stick to a niche is one of the main things so if you decide that you're going to be posting mixes or dj content you've got to stick to that 
Um, but whatever it is, you stick to that one thing. And if you want to go in different niches, you should make different accounts for it because otherwise the algorithm will just get confused and it won't help you. So I think sticking to a niche is definitely a really important one. And then on top of that, um, I would say, um, yeah, so basically be a part of that niche and then posting consistently. I'd say I aim to post recently. I've been really busy. So I haven't posted as much the last couple of weeks, but I've actually been making some more content today. So I'm going to definitely be posting a lot more in the next few weeks. But um, I'd say aim to post like every every day or sometimes every other day, especially on TikTok, Instagram, maybe a little bit less. Um, but yeah, that consistency. And um, as I say, sticking to a, a specific niche. And um, once you actually find what works, so what videos do well with your audience, the ones that go bigger, then you should hone in on those like things that work well. Um, and basically keep using them. And that that's what helps your your page to really progress. Nice one. So sort of in general, what got you into the whole DJ aspect of it? Why did you want to become a DJ? I have loved going to festivals. So um, I went to like my first festivals uh, after GCSEs. I went to Reading and Boardmasters. And pretty much at Reading, there was like loads of big acts uh, there the year that I was there. And pretty much me and like my couple of like really close mates, we stayed. There was this one stage called Smirnoff House there, um, really small stage. Sometimes there was literally 30 people in the crowd and obviously sometimes it got bigger. But we were pretty much there the entire weekend, even when there was like these big acts because we were just having such a good time there. Um, and I just realised how much I loved the house music. And um, that was really, it was after that that I ended up getting my getting my first set of decks and um, I pretty much stayed stayed in my sort of genre. I've, you know, done a little bit of drum and bass and stuff here and there, but it just doesn't really like excite me in the same way. So um, I guess just really festivals is what sparked it originally. And I was actually at Parklife this weekend. And like every time I go to a festival, it it makes me like realise why, you know what I mean, why I want to do it. I love being in the crowd and I also love to be on the decks, you know, in front of big, big, bigger crowds and stuff in the future. So um yeah, it's definitely that that really sparked it in the first place. Yeah, I'm I'm very much sort of almost the same where I went to the Isle of Wight Festival and I saw Fat Boy Slim playing. And at that time, you know, you don't... I'd love you, to see Fat Boy Slim. Oh, he's, he's unbelievable. Um, yeah. you, you don't really understand what they're doing. You just think they're pressing play. But um, yeah. sort of the crowd control that he can have and everything, that's what yeah. drew me into it straight away, really. And I got that hey, that's on your thing. phone. Exactly. It's like you... When else can you have that like control over uh, of everyone's moods? It like when I was younger, I used to do quite a lot of um, acting and stuff, and I would do some stuff um, in like the theater, in theaters, shows, things like that. So I always loved that feeling of like being on stage, but I sort of drifted away from like the theater and stuff. It wasn't really my scene. So I think that when I found the DJ, and it felt like the perfect mix between sort of like you know being on stage and having that um, having that sort of control of the crowd and the audience, whatever. Um, but also mixed in with like the music that I love. It was like the perfect combo. So that was, was that really the first time you sort of got introduced to house music or did you know of it beforehand? So um, my dad loves house music and he used to play it to me and he always like, he always sort of takes the mick a little bit because he says that, but when he first played it to me when I was like 14 or whatever, um, I just didn't really know I'd not experienced it and when you just hear it off the bat I was like oh it all just sounds like the same blah 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 and then it was it wasn't until I like went to the festivals and sort of found it for myself um, like that I actually really 
um, really loved it. And before then, I didn't even really know, like before I went to festivals, I didn't even really recognize what music was house. I was still pretty young. So I didn't, I couldn't tell, you know, I, I didn't think about like the BPM of the tracks and like um, the sort of style. So I, I didn't really even, I couldn't even really tell you what was house before that. But then when I went to the festival and we were at these, at these stages, it was like that tempo that you can just dance to. House is like the perfect tempo for dancing. So um, it was like then when I went, when I read like, yeah, when I, I sort of really was introduced to it properly, I'd say. And then ever since then, it's been like my every, every year, it's like my number one listen to on my Spotify. Um, you know, when it gives you at the end of the year, the summary Spotify. Yeah, rap. yeah. And it's always, uh, it's always like my number one genre now. I, I just, I listen to it like all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so is this sort of something you're planning to do in the future DJing full-time where you're a student have you got a full-time job what's sort of going on there so basically um at the moment I'm not going to uni um I basically was pretty done with education when I uh when I finished so um I decided that I didn't really want to go to uni and I did want to go do some traveling do a gap year um but it was the year of covid so that really messed up all my plans um and then it was a friend of mine who I wasn't that close with at the time. Um, he's in his sort of late 20s. And he knew that I wasn't doing loads because of COVID. Um, and he basically said, well, I'm starting. I have this idea for this business, which is Zebra, what I was telling you about. Um, and I basically just decided that because it was combined with my music and stuff, I mean, I wouldn't be, you know, in the position that I am with my um, socials and my music and, and TikTok and stuff without being able to observe it because of what I do on a day-to-day basis. So um, I, at the moment I work sort of like four days a week, but we kind of run the company uh, together as such, um, along with the coder as well. So we've got one coder who's on full time and um, we're actually just bringing on more people now. So we've got another girl working for us part-time, um, just brought on someone full-time. So um, it's definitely starting to expand and that's what I sort of do um, alongside my music. But in the long term. I think I would never want to give up the business because it's become sort of like um, our, our little project, you know, that we've built up from the ground. So I always want to be involved in it. But um, I think that like I always get that 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 real buzz for me. Um, you know, I've always loved the performing side of DJing. So uh, I really want to find a way to do both, I guess. Um, yeah, I think finding a way to 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 keep being do, being able to do both of them. But um, definitely traveling around and doing DJing is something that I want to do more of because um, I want to see a lot of different places. And if I can travel and DJ at the same time, then that would be ideal. So I think in the long term, it's definitely uh, the sort of career path that I want to go down now at this point. Yeah. Um, but we'll just see where, where it goes, I guess. Yeah. So how much yeah. sort of time and effort goes into making an app like that? Because I imagine, do you have any of that sort of computing skills or or is that not really no so uh, yeah no it is but uh i don't personally at all um but really that's all down to the sort of coder he's amazing that we have on and he's sort of seen the vision from the start um, and we've been really lucky we've been running campaigns with some um, amazing artists recently like um doja cat and craig david burner boy um like some big you know some bigger artists and stuff so um we feel really grateful that like we've been able to do this in like a year really of, of starting up um but it has taken like a lot of work and um the sort of founder of the company um my friend he is like he's on it 
all day or like he's consistent you know so I think it, it, it's it's taken like a lot of work but um, I guess I sort of try and split my time nicely so I normally do like four days a week um, and I go to his fairly early and stay there until sort of like um, early evening and then I'll normally come home and sometimes I'll try and go for a gym session and then I pretty much just get home and just do the music from then you know I'm either making content making new songs making mixes whatever it is there's always like loads to be done so um, it's always hard to find enough time in the day but I, I literally love it so it doesn't it doesn't feel like I'm coming home and like work it I just come home and I just I, I want to be DJing or making music or something so it's not like a chore at all yeah so we went off on a bit of a tangent there um, let's go back yeah, to the DJ. <laughs> um who who would you say your sort of biggest influence is as a DJ who's your biggest you know your favorite DJ my favorite DJ at the moment is probably John Summit um, who really blew up last year. Um, he did a remix of the song Deep End, which was a sound on TikTok. I've been trying not to go off the deep end is the, yeah, the vocal. And um, that song really blew him up. And he is, he's so sick. I really love his style. Um, he's really sort of tech housey. And I think when I was um, starting out, I was a lot more commercial. So I'd listen to, um, I guess, like Joel Corey and Sonny Federa, um, and they would be a little bit more on the commercial side of things. And that was what I was starting out listening to. But then as I've sort of gone on and figured out what I really want to be making, um, I've listened to more of like John Summit, uh, West End, Lee Foss, like all these artists which are um, a little bit harder in style. Um, and I think really the main reason behind that is because when I've seen the shows um, and videos and all sorts, the... Um, those shows just seem to take off that style of music. Like they really get the crowd um, sort of going, whereas the more commercial stuff is a bit more, you know, the crowd may sing along and stuff, but it doesn't seem to like get the crowd jumping in the same way, um, which is what I really love. So I've sort of just moved into that side of things, but those are definitely, I'd say like my biggest sort of influences musically. And um, a lot of the stuff that I have unreleased is I'd say more in the tech house sort of style um, that's taken inspiration from those DJs as opposed to the more sort of um, house that you'd hear like the piano house you'd hear in the charts was maybe a year ago what I would what I would more look into but not anymore okay. so for me this sort of the last couple of lockdowns have been great just to sort of focus on social media focus on DJing you know getting better at everything do you reckon if there hadn't have been a lockdown you would be where you are like on like Instagram, on your on your Spotify, SoundCloud at the minute, or do you reckon that sort of gave you a chance to sort of knuckle down and focus on it? Yeah, honestly, no. I don't think I would be where I am um, if it hadn't have been for the lockdown because I always wanted to like really push the DJing and I also wanted to start producing, which I absolutely love producing, but I just never found the time because when I was in like just normal daily routine, um, I was going to sick form and... Um, just going to the gym, seeing my mates, all that sort of stuff, playing quite a lot of football. And I basically just never, it never seemed like I had enough time. And genuinely, I do think um, it was a real positive because uh, when I went into that first lockdown, I had loads of time on my hands and um, I already knew how to DJ to a, um, a relatively good standard at that point. But I knew that it's hard to actually progress as a DJ if you don't produce your own music as well, because that's sort of what um, separates your your sound and, and why people will come to your shows and stuff. So um, I thought it's a perfect time to, to start learning how to produce. And uh, I didn't pay a penny to learn. And that's one thing that I would say as well to 
DJs, producers, anyone who's trying to learn, except from the actual equipment that you need. You don't need to spend any money because YouTube has got everything there for you, um, literally right at your fingertips for free. It's like the best resource. Um, so producing and DJing, that's completely how I learned. You normally just find one or two YouTubers that you connect with and I just use all of their content to learn. Um, but I definitely wouldn't be in the position that I'd be in right now if it hadn't have been for the lockdown. Um, I don't know if I'd even really be doing um, producing or DJing all the time. So, yeah. Who sort of, who did you see on Instagram or YouTube or whatever and you thought, I'm going to post videos? Because to me, it was uh, seeing videos of like James Hype doing them sort of unbelievable transitions and that. And I saw, I saw them and thought, they bang, you know, he's doing really well. He, especially in lockdown as well, he absolutely blew up. And that's what sort of got me into recording myself DJing. Was that the same for you or is it someone different? 100% mate. James Hype is the man. Like, he has got some serious skills, honestly. He's a, he's a mad DJ. Um, like, yeah, in terms of his actual DJing skills, like the mixes that he does and stuff are sick. So he was a massive one. Um, but even other people, I'm not sure if you've heard of Ellie Mary. She's um, a girl. She's got maybe 40,000 followers, something like that on Instagram. Um, but she's really cool, very tech housey in style. And I think the reason that, because James Hype, I always really liked watching his videos, but it almost seemed quite far away. When I when I found his page, he already had like 200,000 followers and he was already doing really well. He seemed like a big artist and he released More Than Friends a few years ago, which was like already yeah. a really big track. So he seemed like a big artist already. But when I saw other people that just literally looked like normal people like ellie mary for example just like a, a girl who loves tech house music and was just putting out content i basically just looked at her page and i thought what's she doing at the moment that i couldn't you know she's just filming herself and doing good mixes so um i think it was the smaller ones actually that made me think oh i can really do that um but definitely james hyped content is is like a, a really cool sort of blueprint for um for for what i put out yeah what would you say the next step is for you is it you know carry on DJing in your hometown? Is it, you know, going to festivals, DJing there? Is it going to Ibiza, doing a season in Ibiza? What would you say the next step is for you? So the next step for me, um, personally, I would quite like to try and skip the stage of um, just going local and then trying to very slowly go from this bar to that bar and club because it's a very long process. So um, I think what I've really been focusing on recently is trying to get my producing up to a really high standard because if you can um, if you can start putting out really good music and as well if your social media is doing well, those two things put together um, will lead to you getting booked at bigger events. And I think I see it as a little bit of a shortcut to um, actually getting to that point. So um, obviously I'm not there yet, but... I'm hoping to sort of get there. And um, I think that I'm just going to keep putting out my content and trying to produce more and more music and improve the, the sort of standard of the music that I am producing. Um, and then hopefully that will lead to sort of skipping that small um, and really sort of local stage and then going to the bigger events and festivals, all those sorts of stuff, because they're really the ones that I want to be playing. I think when you turn up to... A local club you never know if it's going to be lively or if there's going to be five people there and it can be a bit hit or miss but when you go to a festival there's always going to be a crowd there they're always going to turn up and they're always going to be up for it and that's why those are the events that I really want to be playing at so um, I think at the moment I'm just going to really keep trying to um, improve what I'm making and keep on putting out my mixes as often as possible 
Um, because I cut, you know, you see people like James Hype with that many followers and, and fans and stuff. And he's always going to get booked for gigs because of that and really good sets and, and gigs at, at that. So um, I think that's really like what I would be aiming for um, over the next sort of year or two, I say. Yeah, I think you're completely right. There's no sort of DJs that don't produce anymore. You can't get very far just through DJ skill alone. You've got to be, you know, making your own music, hitting the charts to, to really get anywhere. Exactly. So, exactly. Um, that's it. Yeah. So going back to sort of social media and that, um, you know, I'm, I myself and I'm sure people listening as well want to know the secret. We want to know how your reels are doing so well. You know, because you're getting 50,000, 60,000 views on each one. What do, you, what do you reckon it is? Literally, I know I, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but honestly, it is just being consistent. So many people give up way too early because I was not getting those views back when I started. I was getting, I, I was really gassed when I would get like a thousand, two thousand views at the start. Like, honestly, um, but you have to, you have to literally just keep, keep going. And if you do, once you get past that point of people starting to engage on your reels consistently, um, you, you just sort of, you can, you can hit that over and over again, but it's about getting there. And, um, and I think that consistency is, is definitely got to be like the most important thing. Cause I even think some of the mixes that I put out, it's always the way the ones you think are really good. And like you put work into they often don't do that well. And the ones that are super simple, like just a clip from one of my sets or whatever, they absolutely smash it. And you get loads of people in the comments going, well, this guy's a fraud, blah, 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 blah. But you just honestly just got to not be bothered by it. And um, don't be too picky about what you put out because you never know what's going to hit with your audience. Yeah, I remember, I think it was my third video uploaded. You know, my little two got 300 views or whatever. Then I was down at the pub and I, opened up my Instagram sort of got like 1,500 views like, that was like that was the biggest thing to me <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> me too mental. me too that wasn't <laughs> even long ago you know for me I, I remember that like very much it was only a, like a couple months ago that I was like that so yeah and um, what you said just then as well about you know some of the sometimes you know the, the average videos get loads of views I re-uploaded one of my first videos the first time I got like 400 views and then it, bounce off like 12.6k the second time i re-uploaded it <laughs> honestly you can't predict these platforms you you just can't the algorithms are so weird so um i think sometimes putting out obviously you want your stuff to be good because it represents you but i think it's important um not to worry always about the quality and actually just make sure that you're putting out enough content that it's going to be put like you're giving yourself a better chance of blowing up because the more stuff you put out then the more chance you have of one of those things blowing up and hitting with your audience. Yeah, so you mentioned it just then, but let's get on to the comment section because it's a dark place to social media. <laughs> how does it sort of, how do you feel when you get a positive comment? You know, something that you don't know, writing down something nice on, on the back of your Instagram. Oh, I love it. I love it. It's such a good feeling. It really is. And sometimes people just message you out the blue. Like I get some DMs, people just like, hey man, like, I don't know you. I don't know where you're from, whatever, but I just want to say I love your mixes. And it's just like, it's a really nice feeling when you get that. Um, and, and I really appreciate it when I do get those messages. Like, it feels really good. Um, but yeah, you, the, the, the negative ones, like always, they always seem to sort of stay in your head more than a, do, than a yeah. positive one. Um, I don't know why it is, but it's just the way. How do you deal with them? Do you sort of reply? Do you delete or do you just ignore them? <laughs> 
sometimes I've replied. I try not to bite because if you bite back, then then they sort of win, if you know what I mean. So if I reply, I'll either be normally I'm just trolling them, to be honest. Like I'm basically just like taking them, like taking the mick out of them because um because it's one of the like the best ways to sort of go around it. But uh, it's when people the, the bit that I don't get, like if someone just drops a, a silly comment, like it doesn't make much sense, but it's calm. But then some people will literally go through my videos and they'll put a comment on like six videos in a row being like, this is this is shit. I don't know. It, I, it, I like just like basically just over and over again. They'll just comment, comment, comment. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know what I don't know why people do that, honestly. Um, but those ones, sometimes I do tend to just like troll them a little bit. Um, but I try to just ignore it. And and to be honest, I, I never have really been the type of person that I like, would be bothered about it. And I thought that I could get a million negative comments and like, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even care. But I've just found really the best thing to do is like I tend to not really read through my comments that much because you're going to get so many people like hating, like hating, even if it's a good mix or whatever. Um, and they don't even probably really know what they're talking about. So I, I think now normally I'd rather just not have their opinion on it. Um, so I, I normally just have a little look at the start and, you know, you normally get a bit of love and reply to a few comments, which is nice. And then I just shut it off and I just don't really read through the comments because um, especially on those videos like on TikTok, um, the ones that sort of skyrocket, like people just feel like they can have the right <laughs> to just comment whatever they want. But it's pretty funny. And the best thing to think as well is that, then those comments are boosting your engagement and pushing your stuff out to a bunch of other people. So you you should thank the, the people that are hating, really. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I always buy. That's the problem. I always reply to them. I always get told don't reply because they win. But uh, sometimes, some of the comments, they just... And usually it's of people that don't have a profile picture. It's a profile picture of a, like, a picture of a Marvel character. Don't have yeah. any posts. And, oh, you just got to go in. And the worst one is when people reply... And they do have a photo because that's just easy pickings, you know. Like my favorite yeah. looks like the council cut your hair, mate, or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> just yeah. No, I do love it. Don't get me wrong, but like I, I think that you have to like you have to sort of choose your moment. So, so I, I, I often won't bite. But if someone, for example, like this guy, commented on like six of my videos, shit, and then he also then he actually DM'd me just saying like delete yourself, like your page, blah blah blah. And then I just came, and then I just came back to him and just completely trolled him basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't think if you, I think if you're like just trolling them, or sometimes I like to reply with just like the little fishing hook emoji, yeah. <laughs> just because like it just makes me laugh. And if you do little things like that, then I don't think you're letting them win. But it's if you sort of get sensitive and you try and justify yourself. So if they say, "Oh, you're not even mixing in this clip," and then you came back and you were like oh, well, the reason I'm not mixing is blah, 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 blah. And you actually sort of like, that's when you when you lose, I think. But if you're sort of just taking the, like taking the mic, then I don't think that's a, like them winning. Yeah, like even on my first post on Instagram, I got hate. It's just, it's just what yeah. happens on Instagram. It's instant. I was surprised yeah. how quick it happened. I thought you'd have to have a big following for it to happen, but they, they come quicker than the sport. Yeah. <laughs> Were you... Um... When you uploaded your first video of you of you DJing, were you nervous when you uploaded it? I was a bit, yeah, I was a bit. Um, it did do okay, actually, that one. And I think it was more just because the people that I knew and stuff that saw it were just like, oh, he's, you know, they didn't, it was the first one, so they wanted to check it out. Um, but then it was after that that they, they started to sort of dip because people, like, didn't really care. And then it sort of slowly rose back up again. Um, but, yeah, it was, um, it was, it was a little bit of a nerve, like nerve wracking situation. And I sort of, I, I've thought about it quite a lot. 
um, at the start. But then I think you just have to, I learned over time that it's best not to think about it too much. Just film it, you know, get that clip and just put it out and then just leave it and let it do its thing. Um, because, yeah, if you sort of think about it too much, then you just get in your head whether it's good or not. Um, and, yeah, you can't always tell what's going to do well. So, yeah, I, it was just kind of the same for me. It was almost like, what would people think of me DJing, you know, because it's out of the blue. But luckily, I had yeah. some good friends behind me who were sharing the post. Yeah. And still, still share some of my posts this day. So I think it's all about having your mate support. And once you have that, then yeah. it doesn't matter what other people think, really. Oh, I agree fully. If you, especially if you've got like a good little support network around you of friends and family and stuff that are always going to share your stuff no matter what. And um, I think that that's really important to start with. And the, the most important thing as well is that you have to think everyone starts somewhere. Even if you look back on some of the mixes that you put out and you think that wasn't very good, you had to do that to like learn how to get better and sort of to improve. So um, you have to start somewhere like everyone does. Um, I put out music a year ago that I would never put out now, but um, I wouldn't be at the level or the sort of the stage where I am now had I have not made that music and put it out and learned from it. Yeah, exactly. So let's go on to, speaking of music, let's go on to your single because it's just been released, hasn't it? Five days ago? Yes. Yeah, you. It's Yeah, you uh, with Leah Hawkins. Yeah, how did that it. How did that song come about? So that was one of my first tracks that I actually ever made. And um, I made it with Leah. Um, well, I, I sort of produced the track. I needed a vocalist for it. I didn't know Leah very well, but I think I may have put even something on my story one time. Um, I knew she was local. I sort of knew of her. And I said, look, I'm looking for a vocalist for this track. Does anyone want to get involved? And she's like, I'd love to sort of jump on and just give it a go. Um, and she wrote some really cool lyrics for them. Like, I, I really liked what she did with it. Um, and then we sort of got together and sort of perfected the lyrics together, if you know what I mean. Um, but she sort of wrote that original ideas down and the bulk of it. Um, but when I first produced the track, it did not sound anything really close to, um, to what it does now. Um, but it was one of the first tracks, as I say, that I produced. And um, once I put it out, I sort of left it. It didn't do too bad on Spotify, considering it was just starting out. Um, and then, yeah, I left it to just do its thing. And about six months later, I just was going on my Spotify. I hadn't listened to a couple of my tracks in a while. And I just clicked on it. And I was like, this could actually be a really cool song if it was done right. Um, so then I thought, OK, I'm going to go home. I literally went straight home that day. And it was one of the most fun producing sessions that I've ever had because I didn't have to. I wasn't coming up with the melodies and figuring out what samples I need to put in and all this sort of stuff. And the, uh, all I needed to do, I had it all there for me. I just needed to rearrange it um, and do, you know, put in some new sounds, put in all the things that I'd learned on the effects. Like the first one, I didn't even have, you know, things like side chaining and reverb on some of the drums and things like that. Um, whereas uh, I'd sort of learned all of that and I went back to it and then re reproduced it. And I was so happy with how it came out. And I got Leah to re-record the vocals because I have a better mic now than I did. And actually, uh, most people don't know, I haven't really you know, put this out, but I actually ended up um, uh, submitting the song off for a competition. Just I, it's something that came through on my inbox, just said uh, there's a mix and master competition. So um, the song was already at a pretty sort of decent level. And um, I submitted it out and then um, the song actually won the contest. So I got a, uh, it was a free mix and master from 
um, uh, a mixing engineer who's done some really cool work. His name's Pete Watson, um, who's done some really cool work for some big artists. I believe he's worked for like Calvin Harris and Sia and a few others and stuff. So um, then we actually sort of ended up doing a lot of that together. He did some mixes, um, but it was hard to sort of get the vision right. So we were doing a lot of file sending back and forth. And um, what I ended up doing was taking some of his work um, like that he did on the vocals and the pianos, for example, that sounded amazing. And then putting that with like my drum mixing. And it was sort of a little bit of a mixed effort in there, um, which really helped to like make the track um, sound as full and sort of give that professional sound. Um, and it was cool working with him. I think in the future, if I was working with a mixing mastering engineer, I'd like to be in the room with them when they do it, just because um, otherwise it's quite easy for the song to go off on a different tangent that you weren't sort of in your vision for it. But it was a really cool experience, and he's a great like mixing engineer. So, yeah, I can. Once you said that it was one of your first songs, I can kind of understand because it almost did have a sort of Joel Curry vibe to it, you know, with the pianos at the start and then sort of yeah, it, it was very sort of Joel Curry vibe. And also with about your singer, um, Leah Hawkins, Instagram's a perfect way to get singers. All you need to do is literally put in a hashtag singer. Scroll through yeah. them posts. You see one you like, just send them a message. Say, do you want to see message them? them. And they're probably up for it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's definitely easier than a lot of people think, actually. You, Instagram's such a good way to do that. Yeah, I see on all these Facebook pages and Discord servers and stuff where people are like, I haven't got a singer, I haven't got a singer. And so if you just do it, do like a normal chat without a singer, it's 10 times better with a singer. You know what I mean? Yeah, always. Track 10 yeah. times up. That's why in all these, all the songs in the charts, there's, tracks with singers you know unless animals by martin garrix but that was what seven years ago or something <laughs> yeah no yeah they almost all have some sort of vocals on them don't they so it is yeah it's definitely um it's definitely important and to find the right vocalist as well there's been a couple of times that i've sort of had um ideas with singers and then they've even come over and recorded some vocals but we haven't actually ended up going ahead with it because i think you've got to make sure that it does feel right like for the track um, but in terms of what you were saying before about um, like the sort of more commercial um, vibe, I think that that's why, because um, yeah, as I say, it was such an early track that I produced. That was where those influences came from. And then when I revisited it, I didn't want to completely change the track in terms of the vibe. I just wanted to basically make it more, just make it better and enhance what I'd already done. Um, and then that's why that was sort of um, the angle that I went for it. And I thought then I'll sort of move more into the space I was telling you about, you know, the more tech house music um, that I was looking sort of that I've been producing a lot more of recently. Um, and that's sort of going to be in my upcoming releases over the next, say, two, three months. What would you say for someone who's never produced before but wants to start the number one tip that you'll give to start producing and, you know, to get a little bit better? Yeah. Um, honestly, I think the best thing that I learned, which I never really used to know, is that especially if you make house music, it's all in the drums. And the most important thing is sample selection for me, because if you have got bad samples, if your hi-hats aren't nice, your kick, um, your claps, then the whole song is going to sound off. It's the most important thing to get a really nice, clean drum samples that sound like the tracks that you're looking towards you know the tracks that you are referencing and the tracks that you want to want to create you look at professional tracks and you have to have samples drum samples that are um that are similar to those and you can get them off splice wherever like there's so many places 
Um, but when I was starting out, I didn't know that. And I would just use any kick and I wouldn't really think too much about it. And um, I'd use like logic stock ones and they're just never going to be as good. So um, I think that that's like the most important thing. And then also, as I said earlier, is not to pay for production courses. I get a lot of people messaging me saying, where did you learn? Um, I found this course. What do you think of it? And you don't need to do that because every single thing that you need is literally there for you for free on YouTube. So if you pay that, then I think you're wasting your money. <laughs> yeah, well, I think for me, because I work on FL Studio, for me, it was well, when I was first starting out, I went on YouTube. I wanted to make some, you know, EDM music. I go EDM FLP, download the whole FLP, then you can see how the songs line yeah. up. You can, you know, you can change a little bit. Obviously, you can't release it, but yeah. you can see you see the whole sort of layout of the track, see what you need to do in your you own. You get track. an understanding. Exactly, yeah. So that that was for me. Is your track independent rele released, was it? Or was it signed? It was, yeah. Yeah, it was this time. It has been independently released. Um so releasing some tracks with the label is actually something that I'm really um, looking towards doing more now. I never really used to think about it. Um, and uh, it's only recently that I've started submitting off some of my um, some of my demos to different labels. And I have been actually in talks with some of them. So hopefully um, in the near future, you know, potentially within the next few months, I should be doing um, hopefully, you know, some releases that would be um, a bit of a dream really come true. It's a really great step in the right direction. So definitely one of my goals for like 2021, if I can try and get a release with a label out, um, it would just be cool to have that. Um, it gives you a bit of credibility, I think, as an artist. Any ones you're targeting in particular or do you want to keep that, keep that under the hat? No, I mean, it's not like, you know, I, I haven't really got anything to to disclose as such, but um, I mean, the my favourite labels, just going off of that, because obviously my favourite ones would be the ones that I'd release with in an ideal world. Um, at the moment, I like Repopulate Mars, Catch and Release, Nervous Records. They're all like the sort of leading tech house. Um, Sink or Swim as well is a great label. So they're all the sort of like leading um, tech house labels at the moment. And they would really be the ones that um, in an ideal world, um, I would, yeah, I'd love to be working with. Okay, wicked. So, and this is on all streaming platforms, isn't it, your song? It is. It's on all streaming platforms and you can buy it on Beatport um, or like Apple Music uh, if, or yeah, iTunes, sorry, if you wanted to, you know, have it and be able to do it, uh, put it into your mixes. Okay, well, before we wrap this up, I've got one more question. This time next year, where would you like to be? Where, where do you see yourself? This time next year, um, I hope that I'm playing some festivals next summer. Yeah, that's where I want to be. I want to, you know, I, I'm not thinking that I'm going to be headlining next year, but I want to have um, some sets at some festivals by next festival season. Um, that's really where this time next year I want to be sitting and, and knowing that I've done that over the summer. So, um, yeah, I think that's definitely my goal. Okay, wicked. Well, thank you very much for coming on. Am I allowed to play your song leading out? Am I? Yeah, hundred percent. Wicked, nice. Well, yeah, 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 hundred percent. That would be. Mate, thank you so now. much for like inviting me to come on. It's been nice to meet you and, and just chat with you about stuff, fellow DJ. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, all good. I've enjoyed it. Thank you very much, mate. No worries. Thanks so much. Have a nice evening. Cheers, buddy. And you. See ya.